0: welcome thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by david entry preaching is the means by which god manifests his word and nourishes our spirits may the life of god enter into you and you as you listen to this message be blessed second corinthians chapter 1 verse 12 for our rejoicing is this the testimony of our conscience that is Sorry, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom. Say fleshly wisdom. If the Bible you're holding is yours, you can underline fleshly wisdom. Not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God. We have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you, Lord. Praise God. Not with fleshly wisdom. In Jacob, what happens is, what, what experience do we have in Jacob? In Jacob, the experience we have is God deals with our flesh. God deals with our flesh. So it is not according to our fleshly abilities and fleshly predisposition or fleshly wisdom or fleshly advantages and opportunities. But it is according to his grace and his power that is at work in us. Praise the Lord. Now in Isaac, we know Christ. So In Isaac, you get to know Christ as your savior. You come into the position of being the child and the son of God. But guess what? In Jacob, we know ourselves you begin to discover the experience of jacob makes you know who you really are and how you got to deal i'm going somewhere (laughs) i'm going somewhere (laughs) hallelujah so the experience of jacob makes us know ourselves the experience the isaac experience makes us know christ hallelujah in the experience of Isaac we have confidence in Christ because everything is delivered to us by him our hope is in him our focus is on him but in the experience of Jacob the Holy Ghost makes us have no confidence in ourselves now watch this when the Holy Ghost begins to deal with you when I said no confidence what do I mean by no confidence when the Holy Ghost begins to deal with you he begins to let you know that you are useless in yourself without God I'm getting somewhere I'm getting somewhere now God gives everything everything to us freely to enjoy but in order for God to have the glory in order for you I'm going to go some deep places now sometimes me for instance take me for instance I, I, I read the scriptures alone and it's, I find it because I read the scripture and I enjoy. I find it easy to quote scriptures. Now, I can be, I feel, I can feel good about it, you know, spiritually. I feel you see, because I'm able to engage in some spiritual activities, it makes me obviously feel good. Can you imagine? All of a sudden, you have been able to get yourself so well discipline that's and work with God and God has started using you everybody knows you when you begin to pray for people they get healing obviously you'll be glad that you are doing something for God but guess what that is freely given to us, but God, the the the, the problem is that most of the time, every boasting of the believers, there is some flesh in the behind it. Go, I want everybody. Can you imagine? You see the way I can quote the scriptures. You see the way I can preach. And so sometimes, maybe, let's say you are asked to come and sing, and you sing, and it was so, so nice. Aren't you going to be happy? You are going to be happy, and you feel, and you want everybody to say that you've done well. That is a flesh now. The flesh is coming. And so the, the Jacob experiences, God will deal with your flesh. <laughs> I said I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> Somebody say the Jacob experience. Yeah. The experience, God will give it to you. But you see, your experience in God can never be complete without the three together, being together. You cannot separate the Abraham, Abraham experience from the Isaac experience. Neither can you separate the Jacob experience from the Isaac experience. They all come together. Hello? And so, I, as I said earlier on, in Isaac, we see uh, we, uh, our confidence is in Christ. He is our confidence. And whatever I will be in life, I trust in him. I depend on him, hallelujah. How many, of you, how many of you believe in that? Whatever you be, you depend on God, isn't it? And so you know that God will do it. That is why you look up to him. That is the Isaac experience. But in the, in the Jacob experience, the Holy Ghost comes in to deal with the place where you feel that, no, I can't, I, I, I. there are times where our flesh gets in when we don't even know. The flesh gets in, you, you know. You, who, you don't you know who I am, man? In fact, somebody said this very funny. You know, when you can, you, sometimes you can. It can be humble till God lifts you. The pastors go to places, all of us inclusive, go to places like a pastor enters here and I mean, a lot of people are here, think something is happening and then nobody recognizes. I don't, maybe I don't say, oh, pastor, so-and-so so is here. Or I just maybe, he's called Charles. I say, oh, Charles, how are you? Or I say, David, how are you? And then I begin to feel, look at, he didn't even recognize me properly. Just, and there are situations where big, big, big when I say big men of God, it doesn't mean they are too, so big, but big, men of big God. Men are big God. and I said, like, God is using them more, and they are kind of popular sometimes. And so it, it is f- it's so tricky. You can be tr- trick and trapped to the extent that you are so much into yourself, though you know, oh, it's God, it's God, it's it's, it's God. But you know, if somebody doesn't recognize you, you get offended. That is the flesh coming in, and. Behind every boasting, almost every boasting in Christ, in the believer, behind it, there always seems to be the flesh hiding at the back. Because we all want to be acknowledged. Isn't it? We all want to be recognized. Say the flesh. But that is what God does not like. Now, when you are born again, sin doesn't have dominion over your life. Romans chapter 6 verse 14. From verse 14 to 18. When you are born again, sin does not have dominion over your life but when you are born again those sin that may not have dominion over your life, your flesh you can be full with your flesh so God is not worried about your sin as he is about your nature, the nature the carnal nature I don't like the way he talked to me. I don't like the way this was like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I, I feel. I feel. I'm not happy about. It is not about how you feel, eh? but it's about what God is trying to break something in you. 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 God is. You see. See. God wants to give you that miracle, but there's something in your system that is going to is like a suicide bomb. oh, <laughs> uh, 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 it's like a bomb. If God gives you all that you need, it I think you blow yourself up. So God has to really deactivate that bomb so that He can give you the blessing. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say the Isaac, uh, the Jacob experience. Jacob Don't fear sin, fear yourself fear sin because you are not under the dominion of sin when you are born again. Romans 6.14 says that we are not under sin. We are under grace. Amen. But the problem is this flesh. Paul said it. He said in Romans chapter 7 verse 18 19, He said the flesh sin is in the flesh. So the thing I don't want to do I can find. It. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Bible says that in, in the Corinthians, it said that not according to the wisdom of the flesh. In Isaac, we have much assurance in Christ, but in Jacob, we lose assurance in self. Quickly look at Philippians 3.3. 3. For we are the circumcision, which worship God, how? In spirit. Now, the circumcision here, For those of you, let me just throw a little light on it. The circumcision, those who are circumcised, those who are in covenant with God. When God made the covenant with Abraham, he said that you have to circumcise every male child in your family. That is the sign of the endorsement of the covenant with God. And so when Bible uses this term circumcision, that is why David told Goliath, who are you? You uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, you don't have connection with God. So the circumcision, the Jews in those times were called the circumcision the circumcision or the day of the circumcision or the circumcised that means it just means that they have a covenant covenant with God and so Bible is now saying that we are the we are of the let's read it again Philippians 3.3 3, it says that for for we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit so those of us who worship God we are the real circumcised people the people of God but watch this we worship God in the spirit. Now, watch this. Watch this. It says that um, and rejoice in Christ and have no confidence where, in
1: flesh.
0: No confidence where, in the flesh. What does it mean to not have confidence in the flesh? Just let yourself go. Don't be full of you. But I'm going to, the, Isaac, the Jacob experience is a very interesting ex- experience. Now watch this, listen to me. Now the, the life of Jacob is divided into four main divisions. First division is from the time of his birth to the time he left his mother's house. That is, it was about his nature. He was always tricking everybody. That's how he even tricked his brother and got the blessing and all that. That is his nature, the first division. And the next division of Jacob's life was when he experienced discipline. he went to serve uh, his uncle um, Laban said the uncle cheated him and all that he experienced all kinds of discipline and challenges within that time and the next next section of his life was when he left his uncle's house to a place where he met God and that was the, the key point when his life changed and then the last one was his maturity, old age I'm just going to focus a little bit at the turning point of his life and that's what it tells us as believers today the experience of jacob always focuses on dealing with the flesh the discipline of the flesh romans chapter 12 verse 7 says that if you are a son if you are a child god will discipline you hello does it sound nice no no God will discipline the child he loves. Romans chapter 12 verse 7. It will surprise you. That is also in the Bible. You see, when you read it, it says, hey, for the father chastises those he loves. So if you are a true son, discipline will come your way. And so what is the discipline? The Holy Spirit focuses on disciplining our flesh. Because it's only the flesh, not your sin. It's the flesh that gets in the way of God. God wants to do a lot with your life. That is why he called you. That is why he created you in the first place. He has a a package for your life. But this is your flesh. Somebody said, this is my flesh. This is my flesh. The flesh does not love God. You know it. The kind of desires that sometimes comes in some of us. You wonder, ah, where from from this one to the flesh doesn't love God. I told you. (laughs) No, the flesh has to do with the discipline. That is why you sometimes hear somebody's in church, has been in church all over, and then all of a year hears something wild about it. How? Is it? The flesh. He was in church, we all dance, yeah, yeah. hallelujah, shout it. <laughs> but all along, it's like a tale, it was there. <laughs> now watch this, now watch this. In Jacob, the Holy Ghost disciplines our flesh. Why? He disciplines us. I'm going to use an interesting word here. For the constitution of Christ. Pastor, what does that mean? Constitution just means forming. Constitution. So that Christ will be constituted in you. For the life of Christ to be manifested, built up and constituted in you. God, the Holy Spirit, need to deal your flesh. Now, the constitution and the disciplining... Go together. Somebody will say that. Okay, I'm trying to work on myself so that when I stop doing this, or when the Holy Spirit finish dealing, di- disciplining me in this area, I'll begin. I'll be able to do it. No, it doesn't happen that way. Well, How? The, how does it happen? Whilst the Holy Ghost is disciplining you, whilst he's cutting off the bag, the the, the baggage, and the, all the unwanted stuff, he's put the same time. Somebody say the same time. Yeah. Watch this. Let's say I meet you, and um, you treat me, you say something I don't like, or you speak to me in a very rude way, and there and then I feel, why why should you talk to me that way? Now, and maybe the Holy Spirit, not maybe, the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to behave that way. Now, and that's how I've always been behaving. And so I'm about to react, and the Holy Spirit begins to discipline me. Don't. Don't. That at that moment, if the discipline is successful, watch this, it means that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit, seven saved the fruit, the fruit of self control, patience had been manifested. I'm And so the disciplining and the constitution of Christ are, my wife taught me this word, positively correlated. <laughs> That the constitution and the disciplining of the Holy Spirit they are positively correlated. The more you go through and endure the constitution, the the disciplining, the chastisement, the mm, that's the word the cutting away of the flesh, the more you go through, the more Christ is being formed in you. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Paul said, I pray for you until Christ be formed in you. Somebody say constitution. constitution. And so the, 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 the constitution of the Holy Spirit is all about the, the, uh, uh, Isaac. It's, posit- it's positively correlated. Now somebody say Peniel. We saw it in the Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 to uh, 24 and 25, uh, uh, preferably. When Jacob was traveling, he got to a place called Peniel. All right. Let's go to our foundational text. The one we read, Genesis chapter 32. God is working on us. He's working on us. He's working on us. In fact, when I I was doing research into this message and I saw so much God started working on me. Now, when I preach, is, is it because I, sometimes you know, I'll meet some a friend and I just want to give him or her, one of my messages, because I know I've said something. Oh, that, well, let me put it this way. Sometimes somebody will tell me, or a friend, somebody I know will tell me, oh, I listened to that, your message. That maybe the title is um, 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 Rich Hanging Around God. I said which one? I say, hanging around there, I begin to think, oh, what did I say? Was it nice? The flesh is coming in there. <laughs> so even though we are trying, can you imagine, with, let's, say I call, uh, let's say I'm praying for somebody, I, pray, I lay hands on her, and she begins to fall, and I begin to feel yes. <laughs> I'm anointed, you know? Hallelujah. Or somebody comes to say that, oh, I've been, to, I've been to different places, but when I came to Caris, my problems have melted like ice. And Christ will say, yeah, church, yeah, flesh is getting in. flesh is, So the Holy Ghost, after he has given God, you have received as Isaac, the Holy Ghost steps in with discipline to cut away the flesh. That is where most of us miss it. <laughs> Somebody say, Lord, save me from me. Lord save me. Genesis chapter 32. Yeah. Genesis 32 verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now, when you study the scripture very carefully, you realize that this man who wrestled with him was God. Say God. And Bible says that there wrestled a man with him. We thought he went to pray, but to our amazement, watch this, to our amazement, somebody came to wrestle. He didn't even try to go and wrestle. Bible said, somebody rest, God wrestled with him. The Holy Ghost wrestled with him. When he was left alone in prayer, Holy Ghost, the God came and wrestled. Bible there wrestled the man with him. Wrestling. What's wrestling? Wrestling talks about, it sends the idea of trying to keep, somebody trying to keep you down. And pin you down and strip you, strip you of strength and energy and vitality. Some of us, God, not some of us, all of us, all of us, the Holy Ghost try, keeps wrestling with us to keep the flesh down. Strip the f- flesh of its confidence and its pride, keeps wrestling with us. But watch this. There's something interesting here. Go there, see, see, see. And, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day, Verse 25. And when he saw that, he prevailed not against Jacob. Ah, pastor, are you trying to say, God? Bible is saying God was wrestling with Jacob and God could not win. Yes. That's what the Bible said. He was not prevailing. God has been wrestling with us. He's not prevailing. We can make God unsuccessful in his wrestle with us. We make it almost all the time. Because he cannot impose himself on us by wrestles to try to keep our flesh under. Uh, but we can't be defeated. Wow. Come again, man. Come again, man. You know I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to myself as well. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. God, God, God cannot defeat you. God could not prevail. G- because God cannot be satisfied in yourself. When God is satisfied in yourself, you, as you, then you are, He has prevailed. But He cannot be satisfied with you because there's nothing good. I love this scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse I think 5, it says that for anyone who is carnally minded, it said to be carnally minded is enmity with God. He didn't say to sin. To be carnally-minded, fleshly-minded, is enmity with God. That is the problem God has with us. Not that we don't, you don't come to church. The reason why sometimes you don't come to church or you don't pray is not because you don't. It's a reflection of the flesh. God has not really prevailed over your life. <laughs> and so God's problem is not you didn't come to church. God's problem is not you didn't read the Bible. God's problem is not because you didn't pay your tax. No, 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 no. That's not God's problem at all. It's your flesh and he has been wrestling with you. And he's not been prevailing. God has been wrestling with you. He's not been prevailing, why? Because you have been doing it, or you've always been doing it in your own way, in your own wisdom, with your own strength, with your own understanding. So God is not getting an opportunity to win. He's not prevailing. Every Christian, watch this, every Christian has a particular strong sport. Now, when you read that scripture, see. Let me read it, and I'll show you what I mean. That Twenty-five. And when he saw that he was not prevailing, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the whole hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Somebody say the hollow of his thigh. That touch there doesn't mean he touched. The mortal blow that will permanently disarm and disable, paralyze the flesh. Mortal blow. So God had to. He said that he wasn't winning. And this person had to do something. So he tied, the whole of his tie. He, and this place is one of the, I think, yeah, from research, the the, the area of strength in the body. This place happens to be one of the strongest area in the whole body, Your, the, your this joint, the joint here, your hip. Watch this, What's the whole law of the tie. Every, in every Christian's life, there is a hollow of your thigh somewhere. That is the place that God has been timing. It's called the, a particular strong spot. People can do anything. We are all alive. We can't do anything. Anybody, they can do anything to you, but they dare not do this one. It will bring out a real. <laughs> it is called the nerve center. All your personality is key there. Maybe they can touch you, they can speak about anything, but if they dare speak about your head, <laughs> <laughs> Because all the time you are growing, everybody has in touch. Now you at least you manage to grow and use it. Then we are all chatting. Sometimes people get angry. You say, th- I didn't say anything, no. You touch someone you didn't know. You touch something you never knew that you t- So you thought, Oh, we are just all playing and all. Oh, I say look at you, look at your lips, look at and he said just look at your lips and then you it touched because he's so sensitive about it. Soft spot, strong spot, hallelujah. The whole of your time. Now, I'm not talking about just the physical things, the seat of your personality is somewhere. Your personality is hinged to some people. The fact that I am born into the royal family, if you dare, you can't do anything. But if can't imagine somebody comes to church and the person is, let's say, a star, it's known everywhere. And comes to church, comes in, the perfume begins to you know, permeate the whole, the scent, nice, and then feels very important. Maybe he's driving one of the most powerful cars. And then it comes, everybody behaves like nobody have seen you. Like, wait, oh, these people can live very offended. They don't know what. See, the, your, your whole personality, for instance, let's say I'm introducing her, she's done, I won't even mention what she's done uh, educationally. She's maybe, let's say, let's say, she's a professor. And, she, and I, I didn't say professor. And I just introduced, oh, this lady, she has been doing well. Repent, um, humble yourself, yeah? <laughs> then, ah. <laughs> God, when I look, when I go to where people, everybody, yes, sir, yes, sir. And I come to church, and this man, even sometimes his, his phonetics, his English is not. <laughs> and then he, look at the way he's talking to me. That's what happened to um, Neman. Yes. Neman said, how can you tell me? You see, when he wanted miracle, he went to the king. King, who in your nation can heal me? The king said, "Me, I don't know. <laughs> you need to, you, you say, wanted to you, use political influence. And sometimes we bring all those things into church because you have some kind of influence when you were in the world or when you go to this place, when you go to work, everybody, and let's say you are a company director and you have even given about seven people jobs in the church. And so when you come and we are making decisions and we, we say something, you said, oh, let's paint the world green. And he so said, I want it to be painted blue. Then your flesh comes in. Take your church. <laughs> <laughs> That's why most people leave, the, leave churches. Flesh. Full of themselves. And God has been wrestling. And now watch this. There are so many mistakes you have made. So many different fragmented mistakes. You've made mistakes here, made mistakes here. But at the root, they are all different, different, in, independent, and unrelated. But at the root, is always connected to the hollow of your tie. There is something in your life, and that is the one, the Holy Ghost. It's sometimes the Holy Spirit uses all the situations, it uses situations as an opportunity to try to win the battle with you. But one time, second time, th- th- f- 10 times, 100 times, keeps repeating, that nothing to, so you keep crashing, but still, the hollow of your tie is still intact. There is one experience called the penale experience. And at the penurious experience, God targets the nerve center of your flesh. Say the nerve center. nerve center. It's also called the lodging place of the natural man, the natural life, who you really are, and that it's lodging grounds in your life. That is what God is after. What, some of us, we may even you may never even know that this has always been, because sometimes it can be so ingrained in you. It can be so psychologically hidden, but you never know that this is how I am. Sometimes people don't know who they are till they get married, and they realize that all kinds of attitudes and all kinds of things are coming out. They never knew that this is how I was. That's why some people marry another person, you marry a, a lady, you marry a man, and after some time, you realize, I, I'm surprised, is this how you are? There's something underlying. something he himself may not know, she herself may not know, and so God always targets that nerve center where all your personality and the flesh, the grounds of the natural life, is linked to. That is the hollow of your thigh. God is coming there. Amen. I say God is coming there. Amen. And after that time, it's a, it's a it's a fatal blow. Your your that hollow is is <laughs> is gone. And now you learn how to depend on God to (laughs) walk. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. These are some of the things that represent or stand for the hollow of our ties. Or our strong spots. Or the nerve centers of our. These are some of the things. It can be our talent. Sometimes you are very talented. And that talent can be the hollow of your tie. Who is not helping you? It's not helping you. Sometimes you you feel that everybody must carry you on their head. Oh, oh, Beckham. Oh, Beckham. Go, Beckham. (laughs) So when the Holy Ghost, when God is even dealing with you, there are no people who have come to church. God wants to touch their lives. God calls you out. Ah, the Merv Center comes in. When I go, people will think that, because you have made yourself so spiritual, everybody sees you like a bishop, and so now pastor says that if you know you have this problem, which is the Holy Ghost trying to minister to you, if you know you maybe you have been struggling with with your prayer life, come forward. Then you see people come there crying. But you, you know, in fact, you are the very one God is. <laughs> pastor, preach! <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> the whole world for a tie. God. blow! <laughs> <laughs> We all need it. Watch this. Oh, God. Some of you, some of us, it can be our emotions. It's centered in our emotion because we have been through so many things, so many things. So you're so... It's, and and so you don't you know, I'm very delicate. I'm very, very delicate. I'm very emotional. Oh, who is not emotional? I'm very delicate, you know? Anytime somebody talks to me like this, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Sit up. <laughs> Sit up. Forget about yourself. God is trying to help you. And so God will use those situations. You know where you begin to feel your flesh being dealt with, especially in church situation. God, church, sometimes you meet all kinds of people, not going to church, going to church, you are but when you really get involved and committed to church, there's a difference. There's a difference. When you get committed and involved, you have opened your heart to serve. Because we, most of the time, unconsciously, we know it's voluntary. But why is it that I'm doing voluntary work and there's always standing on me like a soldier? Why, ah, why, why? Then the flesh begins to show up. I don't think I can take this anymore. <laughs> and so when God is about to take us to the next level, we fail the test because there is this hollow of our tie which always comes in to interfere. It's what God wants to do, and that is God's target in Peniel. Somebody say Peniel the Peniel experience. Some of us is our exhibition, some what we call someone can. He, and sometimes you hear somebody say, I went to pray for um, this sick person. A pastor may come and talk about I went to do this, I, I, but all of all what he's saying is just trying to draw attention to himself. See how God has been using me sometimes, not intentional. But there's flesh there. God knows it. He knows. Some of us, watch this. Sometimes some of us, you pay your tithe so faithfully and nothing is happening. God is trying to deal with your particular strong spot. Because you think, okay, I've done very well now. I've paid my tithe. God, now, the flesh, What we're we, we ex- exhibiting our spiritual well-doing, well-being. That is why when you are fasting and you are praying more, and you see somebody not praying more, you feel you are better than him. Flesh. Flesh is coming. You have been going to church. Anytime, maybe when Pastor is preaching, he says that John chapter 6, verse 13. What is that? Then you shout, Oh, you shout the scripture, John three sixteen. You shout, "Oh, for God's all other. So every you, know, you feel so good spiritually, you are doing well. I'm not saying there's something. There's nothing wrong with doing. It's very needed. You need to do well spiritually, my brother, my sister. You need to target, determine to do well spiritually. But the problem is, your doing well is a gift from God and inheritance from God. And after you have received the gift, there is a chance that the flesh will begin to take the glory. I've done well. And so now after the gift has come, God must now come in also with the disciplining work of the Holy Ghost so that he can sharpen you, cut off the flesh, so that Christ can be properly constituted in you. I thought you would say hallelujah. hallelujah. The penial experience, God is always working on us. If you are a real Christian, you know that God has always been working on you. Sometimes when you are thinking, it's time for the miracle. It's time for nothing is happening. Hold it. God is still working on you. There's something. There's something. See, if you serve God for bread and butter, if you serve God for bread and butter, bread and butter Christianity, it don't take you far because God doesn't seek such to worship him. He said, we are the circumcision, those who worship God in spirit. So if you are serving God because of what you will get, you will only get what you served him for, but not what he has planned for. And it turns out that sometimes, because what you want to get is so carnally inspired, he cannot endorse that. And so your, your, your Christian life ends up being filled with commotions. Commotion, oh, it's not working. As for this thing, sometimes I've been thinking, does it work? It does work. But God wants your focus and your attention. And he's fighting for that all along. He's wrestling with you, but he's not prevailing. He's wrestling with you, he's not prevailing. He's wrestling with you, he's not prevailing. God, have mercy on me. Show me my strong spot. Deal with me. Lord, have mercy. Listen, when God deals with your strong spot, it permanently changes your approach. Any time God deals with somebody's strong point, permanently changes the person's approach. It will not like I'm going to do it. Permanently, you, you, you lose interest in a lot of things. I'm not saying that the fact you have interest in something, that I mean, no, I don't know where your penile is going to come. You, and look, Watch this. I, I like this. Watch this. You cannot hasten. You cannot do things quickly so that you can experience your penile. No. You can't. One day. One day it will come. One day you will sh- you'll be there. One day. I, I don't know when that day is. I don't know if you've been through it already. If you've been through it, it's, it permanently changes. You know, it's, let me give you an uh, illustration. It's like somebody who believes in, he, used, he used to be a rider, you know, that um, race racing cars, very good with cars, can drive anything, and drives and drives and drives away, show, 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 show. And in the round the road, he thinks he's the champion. And one day he encounters something and it humiliates and humbles him so much. The ch- chances are that permanently from that day, his approach to his attitude towards driving will be changed. Somebody will cross him and he'll say, let him go. And people will be wondering, ah, you, is it that you the same person? Yes, it's me. peniel has come in. That is just a carnal and physical illustration. I, I, I hope you know sure where I'm coming from. So when you experience Peniel, it is fatal. The blow is always fatal. It will not leave you the same. But it is at that point when the glory of God is at that point that you experience the change of name. What's the meaning of Peniel? when he is there, he said, I've seen God face to face. In the original language, it means face of God. So Peniel means when the face of God comes upon in other words, the light of God. In the New Testament, I recall it the light of God. Sometimes you, you are doing so well, and anytime you take what you have done and your achievements before the light of God, you realize that, ah, I'm filthy, I'm a failure. Lord, help me. When the light of God comes upon anything you have done, it always makes you know that you are a failure on your own and you always need him. It doesn't matter. That is where the hard work is. Somebody say discipline. Discipline. God, for you to be the child of God, for you to be strongly in in the people of God, it doesn't just mean calling God is my father, and then being a son, inheritance. No, the Holy Ghost also comes in to deal with the flesh, because the battle is now in your flesh. My prayer for you, my brother, my sister, is that God Himself, who called you out of darkness and has arranged for you to be here to hear these things, or you, whether you are hearing me on radio or you are hearing me on, uh, on any media, go, my prayer is that God Himself will help you and load you with grace, to be able to go through every wrestling and let him prevail and let God win. Sometimes it's hard to let go win. I know what I'm talking about. It's hard sometimes. It's hard. Sometimes you really want to do it your way. Because you want to show somebody that you know how to do it. And sometimes it's hard to let go. It's hard. I mean, it's really hard. But now, God is trying to prevail. But sometimes I, I think, I'll, God, I will let you prevail another time. You have to do it your way. But that is where... You see, it is at that point when the discipline of God has been successful. That you see, the discipline of God, successful discipline of God, means successful showing forth of Christ in your life. It's correlated, positively correlated. So you don't force to try to. Somebody say, "Oh, I want to bear the fruits of the Holy Spirit." No, Galatians chapter five verse sixteen said, "Walk, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh." It's, it's not like you just allow the Spirit to deal with you and you flow in the fruits, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. There's a song that says, I take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moment and my days and let them flow in ceaseless praise. I prayed for you that God will have his absolute way in your life. That God will have total dominion and absolute control over your life. Watch me here. I pray for you that any area in your life that has become the nerve center and is hindering God's successful move in your life. May it give way. I pray that it will give way in the name of Jesus. And I also pray that God will open your eyes and show you where you are becoming stubborn to him. God will open your eyes and show you where you are becoming difficult with him. God will open your eyes and show you where the enemy is trying to take an upper hand over your life. I pray for you that you'll be a genuine, a true Christian who is constituted with Christ or Christ has been constituted in him. Give God the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.